0: what is it with this fucking podcast ladies and gentlemen welcome to another exciting episode of the kahao by ratty podcast it's me your host Ken beasy and joining us as always resident comedian anthony Barrera. hey uh it's your
1: boy anthony what's up
0: thanks for, thanks for joining us also here show producer monterey bay comic michael booth how's it going Thanks for being here, and special guest, dear Lord, it was so hard to say your guys' shitty names and wait for him, Brian Simpson. Thanks for joining us, man.
2: What's happening?
0: And for those who don't know, everybody should know who's listening to this podcast, Brian Simpson is a comedy star regular. You've probably seen him on Comedy Central on the Lights Out show with David Spade. If you haven't seen that yet, stop this. Go check that out. It is funny as heck and timely as all hell. Watch it. Uh, thank you for being here, man. We're, we're really big fans, and before we get going, I had a comp I wanted to pay you. you Can of pay that before we get into this?
2: Yeah, man, go for it.
0: Okay, I don't want to be a sycophant. I don't know if you're into that shit, but this this is big. Uh, I saw you post an Instagram story talking about somebody. I won't name drop, but you mentioned somebody and how you thought their stance was uh, kind of disturbing to their position. And a little while later, that certain somebody donated a hundred million dollar promise to. uh, I think it was. I don't know all the institutions, but I think it was including like NAACP, ACLU, and a couple others. And so while you didn't yourself give the money, I feel like your comment went a long way towards getting that money there. So as far as people I know who donated, you might have the single biggest contribution to
2: any of those causes right now. Oh, wow. You think my, you think my, you think my video got back to Michael Jordan? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I was really emotionally charged at that moment.
0: It, well, I mean, honestly, you can say all kinds of stuff, all kinds of people, but I don't think it was a negative message. And he agreed with you, if anything, because he freaking did some shit about it. <laughs> so whether it was for that or not, I think uh, the the thought and the, the sentiment resided well with everybody. That was, that was cool to hear, though. And I've heard some, I've heard a lot of smart things from you before, even like it became like a racially charged protesting moment where there was more outspokenness about it. You've been saying some fucking hilarious things that are also very true and pretty good observations is that something you aim for with all of your joke writing material or is that just an incidental thing
2: no no i don't i I don't really aim for anything i just say you know i think i think all the all of my comedy is just rooted in things that irritate me (laughs) you know yeah and so (laughs) <laughs> Racism is just one of those things that constantly irritates me. So it. it comes out a lot. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: okay. I, I like the, I, that makes sense because I heard you do a, a set that was, it had a good bit and it kind of resonated with me because I have a, a bit about the Nike just motto and what it means to the people wearing the, sh- the shirts and then what it means to the people making the shirts. Uh, and I heard you do a bit about the cost of, you know, like the Walmart 10 for 1 shirts and stuff. And then afterwards you're like, I'm oh, sorry, I was just on my spirit. But I love that—that that you can just in the moment talk about something that you're irritated by and turn it into something funny, just like that. Because that—that's—that's that's methodical for me.
2: That doesn't just happen. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's how I learned to to be a comedian when I, when I was in the military. It's like whenever I would be complaining about shit, you know, it would not every time, you know, not all the time, but it would often get a laugh when I was trying to be serious, you know. Oh,
3: okay. <laughs> <And,
2: laughs> well, okay. You know, like. Oh. I, yeah I wasn't trying to be funny, but it would just be funny and so that's what my comedy is it's like i can if if something really irritates me it like it really irritates me not like it's the it's the flavor of the moment, you know, and I'm trying to jump on the yeah. trim, but like if it's something that really bothers me and I start ranting, I usually say a few a couple funny things you know but Did anyone guess, there uh,
1: ever tell you like hey man you should uh you should get
2: into comedy, oh yeah, yeah, people have I mean, been telling you guys me that are so, like, hey. I'm saying you gotta get into yeah, in, in fact, when I uh, so when you when you get out of the Marine Corps, when you leave the unit, the unit you in, they usually have like a going away thing. Um, okay. And at mine, they tried to make me do stand up. You know? Yes. Nice. Down <laughs> and, the microphone. But, and like... n- well, no, no, no. They, they they didn't put me on the spot, but they were like, hey, so it's set up in there if you wanna, and and oh, and I was. Cool. to to be honest i was just afraid like er, i was afraid to do it i was afraid to not meet everybody's expectations yeah too it's like your whole unit there that's especially if you don't want to let down i'm sure yeah and i had never practiced or hit no mics or anything and i was just like i was too terrified i was too terrified and i didn't actually and i didn't try stand up for like 10 years after that 10 years that's really cool that they
4: saw that uh you know in you and kind of they even said like they set it up like you know it's ready to go for you like you know i think that's that's god cool damn to, to hear like yeah, to show people support. people can that's see cool. you already kind of like have that vibe to be on stage how the way you're talking to them like you're saying like complaining about things and it's being funny like that's really cool to hear that like people are just like they just want you to you know they're like that's your natural environment almost is what they're saying well i mean
1: know? It's, it's super scary to do it in front of like people that you've been with for a while. Like the same with family, like
3: yeah. performing
1: in front of family is another pretty scary thing. Even when you've been doing it a while, it's still like there's still a different type of pressure in the room when you have a family That's member. Sure, yeah. present.
2: I, I try to tell. So for a long time, I started in San Diego. Mm. And for the longest time, you know, there was a point there where I was, you know, hosting at at the at the Madhouse Comedy Club down there. I was hosting all the mics and hosting all the shows and hosting the weekend and 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 people would come in all the time. And like you know, people that have never done comedy, that come to the mic and ask like, "Yo, so you know, do you have any advice, any tips?" And the 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 one thing I would say to every single one of them is, don't bring your friends and family to your yeah. first open mic. And you know what? They yeah. would never listen. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then they, then they come with their friends and family, and they bomb in front of their family. because yeah. because 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 nothing good can come of it. Either you're gonna bomb in front of your family, depending on how uh, you know how how real your family want to keep it. You're gonna yeah. bomb because you suck because you've never done it before, or they're gonna give you, you know, extra. Exactly, they're gonna give you false confidence, extra laughs that aren't real, and so it's like. Don't. I'm. Yeah, I'm terrified. Like, bro, you know, you know, like my my mama didn't see any of my stand up until I was like maybe four years in. Wow,
0: that's a long time. You weren't excited to try it. You didn't have like one or two jokes. You're like, I gotta try this on her. I know she'd like it. Nope. Dang. Because
2: Dang. The, the the thing is, and, and my friends, a lot of my friends saw me before that. Like, in fact, a lot of my friends were at my first show. But I, by then, I had still already hit like fifteen or twenty mics before okay, I okay. ever performed in front of my friends. But even still, like I never rush, I never rush them or pressure them to come see it. You know, because the longer they take to see it, the better it's going to be.
0: You know, that's the philosophy at all times. It always gets better if you keep working at it.
2: That's beautiful, yeah, man. i like, so, oh, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead.
0: I was just gonna ask. I'm, I'm now. I'm super interested in something you said earlier about that gap. So you, you got out of the military. It, were you thinking about doing comedy during that ten years? Was it something? Oh audio yeah. By? Oh
2: yeah. And it was. And I was wrong. It wasn't a ten year gap because I got out oh. in '06, and I think I and I started in 2011. So what? What is that? Oh, like Six Five. Five.
0: Like five,
3: years,
0: five. Yeah. Uh, Still, yeah. that's a long time. If you got that in you, like, how was that five years? Were you just trying to push
2: it down every time you think about it, or no? I mean, I mean, I, I didn't really take it seriously. You know, it was just like, oh, um, you know, I, I would just fantasize, like, oh man, if I could just talk shit for a living. <laughs> that was the yeah and then and then i got i got in the habit like i got and i, I got a real good job you know and i was making good money and oh, cool. all those yeah. things but um but people kept telling me along the way like people that really knew me kept being because when because it was you know when after i got out of the military all of them kept telling me to do stand-up then i moved up to oregon for a little bit made a new circle of friends and they kept telling me to do stand-up Oh my god. And I went then, then I went back home to Maryland and uh my family and you know my new circle of friends you know they kept telling me yo you should do comedy you know and then when I, fi- I finally moved back to San Diego around my first military friends or whatever and I still didn't do it right away. I moved back to San Diego and uh uh right at the end of 2009 to so 2010 okay. and yeah, it took me yeah. Yeah. And I start and it took me a bit and I started going to school and it was like a perfect storm. I was taking this uh this philosophy of religion class that was like basic logic and I and I met a couple people in there and and okay. at the same time I was I went to a show with a friend. Uh I went to a comedy show with a friend. It was like my maybe my second time going to see comedy. Was and, it you remember? Some of you remember, or was like a no, it was like local people that um, oh, actually, I, and I forget I forget the name of the guy that was that headlined the show, but everybody but him was bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and the and the friend I was with was like, man, if you don't fucking, because see, the the first comedy show I went to was was Dom Dom Herrera, and oh, that was when nice. I was that was when I was in the I was in the Marine Corps, oh, and I was like. And so it was like, I was comparing myself to that. Like, I don't know yeah. what comedy but, is. Right. The, <laughs> next, the, next comedy, the next comedy show I went to, which was like eight, nine, ten years later, was like just a regular local show, and it was awful. And oh, the friend like I was that. with was like, man, if you don't, you're better than all of those people before that. So that's when I decided that I was going to do it. You know what I mean? Oh, there okay. is no
1: competition
2: right. here. Right. Oh, no. but But then I was just like, I was just, but I just still didn't know how yeah you know and then and then, like maybe a couple of weeks later, I was walking home and I decided to go into this bar that I just I would walk by every day and never went and I went in there and I was laughing and joking with these people and this dude he thought I was flirting with his girlfriend and um and I was making them all laugh and he he and I ended up back at this house party, long story short <laughs> and, and the and this guy ran he ran this like nonprofit literary thing organization and they and they would they would like teach people how to tell stories and stuff like that oh, okay. and they and they were tr- thinking of trying stand-up yeah okay. so they had a stand-up show c- coming in like two or three months and he was like hey man if you, you if that, you want to give it a try get on that you know what I mean and so I invited all my friends to that and then I started yeah. going to mics every I started going to mics every day until that show Smart man, yes. smart man. Yeah, and then yeah. and then when I the show it, it went pretty well. I mean, looking back at the video now, it's hard to watch. Um, no, yeah, after years of practicing. Oh yeah, but I was hella confident.
3: <laughs> yo,
0: my my smart first now. time, my first time ever doing comedy ever. I actually had my girlfriend there recording. Oh and my I, god! I, I kid you not. I kid you not, man.
2: And you're not with that girl no more, are you?
0: that's how good my comedy is eh? (laughs) hey i didn't hear i didn't didn't
2: hear anything you said i didn't hear anything you said i said
0: uh no 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 we're still together she's actually uh
2: oh
0: a house next month we're doing good but it was honestly, it was like same feeling. I saw an open mic, and I was like, I can do this. Like, everyone tells me I'm funny. I can do this. So I went, in hindsight, I would never tell anybody to have their partner go with them and record on that first time. I, it turned out good, thankfully, but the odds were not in my
2: favor at all. At all. Yeah. But, but you know what, though? Honestly, I think if you're a funny person, you can be funny on stage. But, there, but all the other stuff, like the, the technical stuff, that you have to practice over and over and over again to internalize it to perfect your shit. You can't get good at that. You know, it's like you cuz I don't know anybody that I know people that weren't good at stand up that got good at stand up, but I don't know anybody that wasn't funny that became funny. Mm-hmm. You know? You got to be a funny person, <laughs> you know, to, to to be funny, right? To be to be a stand up, you have to be a funny person. You don't have to be a funny person to be a, a comedy writer or anything like that cuz that's just That's just a formula, yeah. But Mm -hmm. you have to be a funny person to you, because it's it's a way you see the world. It's like a lens that you see the world. Do you think it's do
1: you think it's the stage that does that? That does what stage that does that? that? That 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 that's the difference between a comedy writer and a stand up comic. Because the stage, like it's you, the spotlight's on you. You're saying them. You're saying those words. You're not writing them down. You know. So you have to exude that energy. You have to be funny. Like yeah, I mean, do a lot of the work, but you got to deliver them.
2: No, but I, I, I'm just talking about like your perspective, you know. Like, funny is like a reaction to how you deal with trauma and tension and pain and that sort of thing. And some people don't, you know. It's like it's like you can't teach somebody how to be funny anymore. That you can teach somebody how to have a scar. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay, it's like. Yeah. You, It's certain way, it's like the way you've chosen to recover from shit just so happens to end up being that perspective. You know what I mean? But it's it's imprinted on them
0: a little bit. That's what I noticed with uh, one of the first lessons I'd learned that was sucky because I'd had like jokes go great, take them to another place, they don't work right there. And it's like, huh? And like learning about different audience types and stuff. There's so much to it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, my (laughs) my, my mic's been muted this whole time. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we,
0: we can do the skype audio it sounds good i mean we can do the skype audio and throw a yeah, filter I've, over actually, it.
4: I've been recording the the skype call as a backup this whole time
0: so yeah i mean we could uh it'd be kind of hard to parcel out just your audio a little bit but we could do the whole audio from that or we could cut to the new audio at this segment either way it doesn't matter well, do, we got a well, couple do you weeks. want me to do you want me to still start recording again uh, what do you think, Michael? Would it be easier to use the Skype audio for all of it?
4: Probably for the whole thing, yeah. Because yeah,
0: otherwise, the yeah, I think ours might not sound that the same. Be a,
3: yeah, noticeable. Yeah, let's just
0: do the Skype audio. Oh. Let's not even worry about it, man. We can roll. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, well, keep that Shit. In.
3: <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the best part of the show. Uh, so, <laughs> so you waited like five or six years to get into it. When you first got into it, you had a comfy job and stuff like that. So, did you have a lot of
2: motivation when you were first starting? Oh no! When I first when I first started, I didn't I didn't have that job anymore. Okay. Um, nah, I started right like right away. I mean, at first I was going to school. I was I was going to school though, and I it was on the I was on the GI Bill, so it let it let me, you know, it gave me a lot of kind of flexibility. Um, That's nice. Yeah. But you know the the sh- the shitty thing about uh, about a philosophy class being one of your first classes is that you immediately learn that college is bullshit <laughs> <You
3: know.
2: laughs> you know. so i yeah. as i as i was doing as i kept doing more and more stand-up i was focusing less and less on school yeah you know and then it just you know, and then I got it. Then I started working. You know, at at that like after I think nine months into comedy, uh, or ten months into me doing comedy, the madhouse opened up. So I started I started comedy in like February of that year, and then in November,
3: the oh, mad nice. the,
2: the madhouse was opening up. Well, they were opening up before that. They were like getting ready before that, and they gave me a they. I was their first you know door person, door guy or whatever. Oh, so nice. I just I just had a lucky little perfect storm where. You know, and the madhouse is is was is owned by a comic. You know what I mean? That's
0: so, yeah,
2: right, right. And so he was funny as shit. He used to work at the comedy store down there, like he used to promote shows and stuff down there. So he started his own club, and then he just let me do everything. He let me, like, I learned how to, you know, a little bit about the business, you know, how to run shows, how to seat people, how to book stuff, you know, how to That's write awesome. a little bit. That's yeah, really and cool. I was That's
0: the best way day. to start. Yeah,
2: oh man, and I, and I got, I got so much stage time like almost like maybe like a year and a half in i was already opening on the weekends and then maybe six months after that i was featuring on the weekends oh,
3: nice. and i was
2: hosting the mics and stuff It was like I he just it was like it was like just this boot camp in comedy and already the best comics that were down there like uh, eric knows was one of the best comics i mean he was the our bartender you know and jo- joe charles those people they were like they would also like check me like check my ego like that was oh, good okay. you know what i mean but you, you, had high me? you power ain't,
0: people to check oh, you though you weren't just oh, an yes. open mic exactly yeah, yeah,
2: and the first like the first time i met joe charles i was like hey man can you uh can you watch my set or whatever and he was like oh oh he was like well where, where's your tape recorder i was like i don't i don't have one he was like but then don't talk to me till you have one like i'm not you know it's like if you're not gonna listen to your set then why the fuck should i you know damn
0: that's a good point that's a good and one it was, I like
2: that and I'm telling you I took that to so many comics I see and they don't record themselves or they or they have they have the tape recorder for show because they mm. like oh this is this is they wearing a comic costume so they have a little notepad and a little tape recorder and then they don't they don't listen <laughs> to their set you know they don't take notes they don't edit this shit because like you have to treat it if you know when you get to the point where you where you're like this is what I'm trying to do yeah you have to you have to take it serious you have to treat it like a job you should put you know at least three or four hours a day into listening to your material editing your material right or or even just reading over it to see if anything jumps out at you you know or or something you have to have a process that allows you to edit to 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 evaluate your shit you know yeah i
1: think a lot of people don't realize like it's not that hard to do it either like you get a microphone for like 10 bucks that you pin onto your chest, have your phone record it, have someone, another phone recording you during your set, and you got video and audio.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll say this we got lucky. I kind of had a perfect storm scenario myself where my first time doing comedy, Michael was there and he had just started producing a show. And he was like, You were actually funny. You want a spot on the show? And so he booked me on a show on my very first open mic performance and then this started guy. like,
4: yeah this guy right here in the
0: the, the soundproof closet yeah
4: yeah we've been doing the show for like two months and i didn't i also yeah we didn't have anybody really in the area it was kind of just like a newer show and we were this is like the only open mic we had been going to um and we met cameron and he had yeah his first time he had a good set and stuff so we were like yeah let's uh you know let's have this guy come on too because we you know we just started doing this showcase because we didn't have anything going in our area so it was it was cool yeah
0: And I'll say this, like, he's got a perfect scenario, like a brick cellar in a bar, so it's away from the bar, you don't hear any transactions, you don't hear any music up there, it's got stages for lighting and everything, the the crisp brick background is beautiful. But the big thing is, just doing sets there, I was able to get like two camera angles on a couple shows that I did early, just like 10-15 minute sets. And, and within a year and a half, a little bit less, getting booked to open at the improv because of it. So, like, literally, if he didn't have that show running, I would be just doing an open mic at a coffee shop three years into comedy, probably. But because he started booking a show and stuff like that, I wouldn't put it on par with what you got, of course. But, I mean, it was it was like an advantage to me to just uh, right away jump in and get experience from other people. But the podcast, man, those tips you give and stuff like that, the recording, I was lucky. I knew that stuff right away. Like, w- how long till you were practicing did you feel like you were really benefiting a lot from a session out like working material
2: how, how long before i was benefiting from what
0: like how long until you felt like you were actually making good use of your time out on the stage because i know you can work stuff every time but like you start looking at recording it you start looking at going back to your notes on a set or cutting it for like promotion how long into your comedy career do you think until you were actually like making good use of an, of an outing
2: like not all the fundamentals weren't there um, Um. It's probably like a, a, a month, a month and a half, something like that. God damn, man, you were sharp fast. That is crazy. No, I just, I just, I, it, it, you know, it wasn't that I was, that I had learned how to be, it, it, I didn't, I didn't have my whole process at that point, but I did know, like what I did know, I was like, I'm, I just want to get better every set. So every set, i'm I'm going up there with a with a purpose either it's to try this line or move this sentence or switch the order of the jokes around or something mm-hmm. but but every set I'm gonna get something out of it, you know and like that's why that's why not like as you I don't know how long y'all been in stand up, but you'll find that eventually uh killing killing feels good or or even just doing well feels good but you'll feel worse if you forget to say that thing. Like you, mm. might, you might've you might, killed, but it's like I've killed before with the same set. But the whole thing I went up there to try, the whole thing I left my house and came all the way over here to do this set to try, I forgot to say it. And so I wasted my time. You know what I mean? Mm. No, that, I like that's how you. I feel. Oh,
0: I mean, haven't a, a lot, but to I have one it. moment. And we don't have a lot of stuff close by. It's not like the the L.A. scene. Like we have to drive sometimes an hour, hour and a half just to be able to get two shows in a day because there's not stuff co-located. But when you go all that driving and you're, like, you're planning all this, you're rushing from work, trying to do carpools and all this stuff, trying to get out there. And then something like that happens. You're
3: like, God, yeah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: so I, I could sympathize. <laughs> so do you think the military background makes you like a harder worker than a lot of comedians? <laughs> no.
2: Really <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, silly, no not at all, dude, I'm a lazy motherfucker, like um see that's the thing is like the military doesn't make you anything, mm-hmm. you know what I mean it just it, to me, it's just like every other challenging thing in your life. it doesn't make you something, it just reveals what what you are
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I'm a lazy yeah. motherfucker, like the military didn't make me a hard worker it just made it forced me to barely keep up with the hard workers. <laughs> to be able to give the illusion of hard work, you know what I mean? But, you got good at
0: a hard worker from like a mile yeah, away. Yeah,
2: I didn't it's do, great. I didn't start doing stand-ups to be a hard worker, no. <laughs> That's a good I, I, to, to me, it's just, I I enjoy the, I enjoy the work the of stand-ups. So, yeah, the process, Right, yeah. so it's like, I love g- having a new idea and working it out and coming back and listening to it and typing it out and editing it. Like, I love that shit, because it, yeah. Cause I love killing. I love going on stage and crushing. And so it's all, it's, it's just like, I feel like John Wick putting a new gun in the floor. You know what I mean? (laughs) Instant
1: gratification,
2: dude. Yeah, no, but it's, it's just like, it's like, um, it's like walk, it's like walking around knowing that you're, that you have assassin skills. You know what I mean? You're
3: really that (laughs) motherfucker, you know, like.
2: Yeah, but you but it's like every time you every time I get a new bit, it's like a new weapon, a new shiny gun that's hidden in my China cabinet, and all my friends have no idea that there's guns and grenades and rocket launchers all around. <laughs> now. You know what you I mean? Yeah, no, you that's watch, a good way like, to look at it. That's cool.
0: I've heard that same analogy from jujitsu guys. Like every choke you learn, it's another secret gun or knife that they don't know you're holding and stuff. But I like the comedy analogy way better because you can also get pussy with it. Yeah
2: can get over well, you can get some pussy with a, with a, with the right chokehold too, but, <laughs> but that's that's frowned upon
0: <laughs> the platonic kind of course people come on right. we're talking about yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that feeling. Though I love what you said about like loving the work. That there was a moment uh, in I it was in Santa Cruz, a couple, now six months ago probably, but I had a joke and it was an opener I was using pretty regularly and it was getting really good results. And I was like, "Yeah, love it, reliable." Here's how I segue. Then I go, I'm about to go up and this guy tells a joke that. It's not as clean or short as mine, but the punchline's so damn similar and it's so close that I'm like, this guy literally just tanked my fucking like super comfortable thing, the thing that gets me in my zone where I start telling the risky material afterwards. And I was better for a moment, but then I was like, what else can I do? What else can I do? And I rewrote the joke while I was waiting to go up, uh, waiting to go up, and I was going up after him. So like I had like six, seven minutes, but I rewrote the joke and got a bigger laugh with a new punchline that I put on it. And like that felt so fucking rewarding. Like bring an obstacle, like make it harder. Probably try, it, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, uh, you. Uh, something I was told right away, um, or well, pretty early on, was, um, you know, whatever point you're making when you write a joke is, you know, now, now try to make the opposite point. You know, and a, and a lot of times you'll you'll get a, a tag out of that, or even a new joke out of it. You know what I mean? Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you can take it yeah. off the bounce. And it helps you also if you're doing that, I imagine, even out with the crowd. So you're not like demon enough, find one side of an audience or one mindset. You can kind of bounce around and get everybody on your side. I did that with a presidential joke talking about presidents. And I was like, can I talk shit about every president in a row and get people who like, like each president to all laugh at the same joke? And like going from like Bush to Obama to Trump and making everybody laugh at each president, it's kind of hard. But when you play it back and forth like that, I didn't think about that as like, a good practice for every joke. That's smart. God damn it, Brian. Stop talking about you. You're not supposed to be teaching us anything. God
3: dang it. Good idea.
0: <laughs> so, like, what's what's been your highlight? Because I, I got to imagine the lights out appearance must have been fun as hell.
2: Yeah, it's it's whew, it, it's a toss up. It's a toss up between the lights out thing. No, no, it wasn't that. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, nah, I don't know. It's no. It's a toss up between. No, you know what? It was when it was when I went to uh, to Vegas with Tom Segura. That oh. that was oh, shit. okay,
3: <laughs> okay. Because yeah, that wow. <laughs> was
2: the moment. Because what what matters so what matters the most to me? Because obviously, like being on TV was dope, and that definitely led to other things in my career. Like that was probably my my break, if you will. But. The acceptance, because the thing is, you can get on TV for bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you you can be, there's plenty of comedy. there's plenty of people that are in the comedy world and in the comedy business that aren't real stand ups. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you, you can Burger get on club. some, yeah. right? You can be on some, because they'll let anyone do stand up. They'll let anyone that's famous, of course, with anything, be a stand- come to a club and do stand up, except the comedy store. But, Just but the, the acceptance, yeah, the acceptance of your peers or or even more so, the acceptance of the people that are, like, levels above you, that is, because that's the fuel that keeps you going in this bullshit-ass life, like, that that, that is standard, because it's mostly misery, you know, it's mostly, yeah. it's mostly disappointment, it's mostly failure, it's yeah. mostly rejection, and then all every now and then, you get a bit, you get some ambrosia drips down from the gods and you're like, okay, I can go <laughs> for another six months, you know, so just the fact that, like, Cause Tom Zauler like really fucks really fuck with me, and it was out of the blue. It wasn't like some political shit or nothing like that. He just saw me one day. Just a fair. Yeah. He, he saw me one day. We we were he was popping on on, on a show I was on in the belly room at, at the Comedy Store. Oh,
3: nice. And
2: okay. uh, and and he was he came on right after me, and he was like, oh, he came on two people after me. But when I got off stage, he was like, hey man, that was a fucking good joke. I was like, thanks. And then like a year later, um,
1: a you know, year goes by.
2: Yeah, a year went by. So I I oh, talked in the meantime. I I ain't talked to him and interacting, nothing like that cuz I ain't know him.
1: Yeah. And yeah, then on your own business.
2: And then out of the blue like right when I was doing real bad. Like I was I think I was still living in I was still living in this homeless shelter at the time.
0: Oh, sorry here.
2: And 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 uh but no, but I was I was I was with my best friend. I was somewhere for it was like Christmas or something like that. And he hit me up out of the blue, and was like, he messaged me on Twitter, and was like, hey, man, you want to be on this show, on my show? And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, and, shit. yeah, I'll be on your show. He's like, yeah, it's in the belly room, it's tomorrow. And I was like, Psst. yeah, I'll be <laughs> Out the but, blue. Yeah, but I was in, I was in Flagstaff. Right? Oh, <laughs> I, was in, I was in Arizona. Fuck I got and, the fuck out of here. No, but oh, we were please. already, we were already leaving the next day, but 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 that we woke up that morning and it was a snowstorm oh. oh yeah man and we and we were and we were in a uh we were in a prius so it was like, are we even gonna be able to get out of this motherfucker in time? And so we had to drive so slow to get off Because the, the thing is, it was this is Arizona, so the snowstorm is only in Flagstaff. It's not in some other. Yeah, like yeah, if we can, usually. if we can get out of Flagstaff, it's fucking hot, you know. So <laughs> that's <laughs> we'll so cool. crazy. We'll <laughs> yeah, man. And then we it took us forever to get out of Flagstaff, and then it's still a you know have a long drive to Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> and. and and we made it just to basically my friend dropped me off at the comedy store wow. at the end of that whole drop. I got it to the comedy store in my bags. And then I walk into the store and it's just um it's just me. See, I'm thinking, see, normally shows in the belly room are like um these long drawn out shows and there's 15, 20 comics on the show, you know, that kind of thing. So I thought it was gonna be that kind of thing. I was gonna be one of having many people. But it was just me, him, and Christina P. Yeah, oh, wow, no way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. And he was like, he was like, okay, so, you know, you do 30, she do 30, I'll do the rest. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what i mean? <laughs> sure, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe it was, maybe it was 20, 20, 40, whatever it was, but it was like, it, it was like, he just gave, he just let me, like, I didn't have to prove anything to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, so- and so we, we sat in there and we talked and they, and they, and we, we you know, they, they asked me basically this, they were just like, well, so where are you from? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah.
4: And then I had a good set
2: he had a good set and then I saw him again like a couple of weeks later I saw him in the parking lot at the store and uh and he was like, um no no i I wasn't still in the shelter at the time I remember because I was already passed so I got passed after that but he I saw him in the parking lot and he was like, hey man what are you what are you doing in uh in May <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> It was so, it was so crazy. This is like December, January. Right? And I'm like, um nothing. I'm yeah. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing I'm doing in May that I'm gonna say no to whatever you're about to ask me. Yeah. You know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It it's in and, and and anyway, but but when I finally went with him, like it was like. That theater was that, you know, just living that, just the, just a little sliver of that lifestyle was just like, yeah, yeah baby, that's what I'm working towards. And my oh. and, and people like him respect me as a comic. That's what matters to me more than anything. It's just so that. Cool. It, Isn't yeah, that man. weird?
0: Isn't that fucking weird that when you're doing a show, you don't care about the comics in the audience, but like the freaking opinion of a comic after can mean so goddamn much.
2: That is insane. Yeah, man, I still don't get that. because because, you know why it's because when it's all said and done it's like because the the fear is that you'll be one of those people that's that's famous or well known but but no one likes you like or or like it's because it's lonely being a comic is a it's a you know it's a it's a very niche lifestyle you know and and so if you don't have if you're not if you're if you don't have the acceptance of the tribe, mm-hmm. then it's like you, then then you're alone. You know I mean you have yeah. regular you have regular not comic friends, but you but you don't get that feeling. It's it's like being away from your family for too long. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's a that, community that feeling. Kind of yeah, it's, it's a community, and like it's like being excommunicated from the church. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. you sold out, and now nobody. Because I see it all the time. I see comics that come to the comedy store, and they're comedians, but don't nobody fuck with them. You know what I mean, and that's and and that that's, that's terrifying like, to me. Yeah, it's like it's like they don't respect you, they don't respect what you do, they don't respect your comedy, and so they know
1: it's you're like, not with the shits. Like,
2: yeah, it's like what do you have? I guess I can't really put it in exact words, but yeah, but it's it's true, man. I think it's true of every profession though, but comedy is especially.
4: Do you think that uh Segura was like? Did, he, did you see him in that year? You said it passed before, you know, you did that first thing with him, and you said a year gone by before he talked to you. Did you think he saw you, like, in the store at all, like, doing sets or something? And was just kind of watching from oh, behind? Oh, yeah, oh,
2: yeah, because w- w- when he saw me the first time, I wasn't a paid regular. Okay. And then, and then. Oh, so, so he, he was,
4: like, so, probably watching from a distance, you know, and, like, and then saw you well, in the past. Well, what, and- well,
2: well, the, the talent coordinator. So the, the talent coordinator, at the to Adam Egan. You know, he was yeah, yeah. he fucks with me tough. So he's the one, like right from the beginning, that was fucking with me. Okay. Um, you think you're gonna be on the new Norm McDonald and then kick it back up? Uh, no, probably, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But but um, but but he he was like, I'm pretty sure he had a lot to do with with him noticing me because that's mm-hmm. that's the thing too, man. Is like the best way for you to meet a comic. It's for them to see your comedy. Mm. Like, don't don't you know? If you have the chance to get an autograph or something like that, that's that you know you know you take it or whatever. But just know that like, don't you can you can be a fan or you can be a colleague, but you can't mm-hmm. be both. You know what I mean? Or you can't you can't you know it's like I I'll put I I'll give you an example. It's like when you're um when you're like when Adam tried to introduce me to Segura, it was like. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I saw that guy. He's funny. You know what I mean? Mm. But I'm sure that's how it happened. I wasn't there when he talked talked about me. Right. But but then after uh, after I got on Lights Out, um, I remember being in the back one time, and it was it was uh, Adam and Joe Rogan, and Adam, and he tried to introduce me to Joe Rogan, and and it was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like it's like it's it, he's not going to be rude about it, but at the same time, yeah. it's like it's until I see you rock. You know, I'm just gonna really be. I'm, 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 yeah. yeah, I'm gonna keep a distance because you know. Don't know, know you do like that. Yeah. But, but but I'm saying that. What I'm saying is that every comic, there's a someone seeing you be funny is worth ten introductions. Oh yeah. Because. Oh, yeah. And the reason that is is because, you know, like I said, anyone can succeed in Hollywood from knowing a motherfucker that know a motherfucker that know a, a motherfucker, but. You can't be you can't fake funny if I see you kill on stage, I know the work you put in it's It's the same thing as when I meet it when I meet another Marine Corps veteran. you know what I mean It's like right yeah. away the, the fact that they were a marine, I already know that they went through x, y, z. I already know that they're tough i you know I know they can put up with bullshit like i we share that bond, so it's like when somebody see you kill on stage, especially more than once, mm. you know what I mean or so it's like that that's worth that you know somebody seeing you kill and then you being recommended one time is worth you being recommended 20 times you know what Yeah the product for real. The field. you know they've seen what yeah. you can do So I I much I don't so my my point my my point is just this I I've, I've been going around the barn just to open the door for <laughs> my, my 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 point is just it's the the perfect scenario is not for you to see somebody you admire and go talk to them the perfect right. scenario is for them to see you kill and come talk to you. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the perfect way to meet someone above you in the picking order. You know what I mean? It's for them to go, yeah. for them to say something to you first because they saw you were funny. Uh-huh. You know, because a, a lot of people out here want to be successful or they want to be famous, but they don't care what they what they get famous for. You know, and I'm one of I'm one of those people that is very cognizant of that. Like, I don't want to be known. For anything other than being funny, mm. or you know, I I'll, I'll pick smart yeah. or well spoken okay. or whatever. But I don't want to be I don't want to be known for my antics. I don't want I don't want to be known for for you know pulling my dick out or running Everyone's in front of traffic. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, or, or any yeah, yeah. any sort of gimmick. You know, what like I, mean? I just want to. Be... <laughs> <laughs>
1: On that note, I'd like to ask you: What do you think the role of comedy is now? Like with everything that's that's occurred recently? Um, you know, with uh, with Black Lives Matter and and the police brutality front, what do you think the the role that comedy plays in that right now?
0: The role... comedy still illegal because of COVID.
2: <laughs> no, I, uh, I mean, it's the same. It's the same as as it's always been. You know. Okay. Like I don't think I don't think comedy has to be anything except accurate. You know all right like, uh, that's a good way to
3: yeah. say
2: that Com- because think about this what's what is what is funny is cultural you know what i mean yeah it's like yeah. it's like if you go it's like we like when you study the history of comedy who you hear about like lenny bruce a lot you hear that name a lot right you it, ever go back and listen to a lenny bruce record it isn't hard man it's hard it, yeah. it's, it's not funny <laughs> right yeah. but he was killing back then Right. but oh, right hear here someone say those
3: things. That's what they knew. Yeah,
2: because the culture was different back then. The line, the the line that comedians walk on, it was way the fuck back there in the in the '60s, and the '70s. You know the what I mean?
1: Censorship and the, like things you can't talk
2: right. about taboo. It, exactly. It's like hearing someone say "fuck the government" in in, in 1950 well, was crazy. Now that's standard. So now you got the, the crazy shit is up here. So you have to. It, it's almost like um I don't know, like mining for oil or something. You know, it's like yeah. we've, we've you got to go deeper and deeper. So, so my point is just that the cult, the culture is shifting, and so as the culture shifts, the c- comedy has to go with it. You know what I mean? Or you're going to be sounding like Lenny Bruce to yeah. these kids. You know,
1: it's not going to fly.
2: I mean, some people gonna stick to. It. I mean, some people still their comedy is outdated already before. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and it's just, it's and, and it's, it has nothing to do with age. It has nothing to do with age. Like no, you listen to George yeah. Wallace, he's still funny, and it's just, it's just keeping your finger on the pulse. Because I get it. Like a lot of people, they 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 turn sixty or sixty five and they fucking retreat because that's what I'm gonna yeah. do. I'm gonna go <laughs> off into the fucking. I'm gonna buy a cabin in the woods and stay the fuck away from people. But <laughs> if you decide to keep up with what's going on and keep up with the trends and keep up with the, the, the keep your, keep up with the zeitgeist. Uh, I hate mm-hmm. using that word, but it's the only word that means that. It's a, it's it's stupidly. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but if you decide to keep up with the times, you can stay funny. Like I said, a, a, I don't think a person stops being funny. You mm-hmm. know, you you just, you just stop being sharp. You know. Okay, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you're you, killing these days. And like <laughs> is it? Nah, he's I, 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 yeah, he's. Oh, I yeah, I haven't seen him at all. Yet. But yeah, but I know George Wallace. George Wallace, George Wallace is killing it. I've seen stuff recently. Well, not
0: super recent, like six months ago that I saw a clip. Yeah.
2: he was he was on new Negroes on comics, so. but oh, I yeah, but, but they um they there's a yeah, I I think a lot of you, you're gonna notice a lot in the next four or five years you're gonna see a lot of comics get left behind. They're going to either get left. They're going to either get left behind, or they're going to get a, a a different response than they're used to getting because they're going to try to fake keep up. You know what I mean? Mm, okay.
1: So You're saying they're it's going like, to get left behind because they don't evolve with the shifting kind exactly. of times that we're in. Exactly. Okay? And they're going to try it, to it was, fake it, and because of that, like it goes back to what you said about community. You can see when they're not really doing them.
2: Yeah. Like all the guys, listen. All the guys that when I came to Hollywood was like, "Oh man, is a you know good thing you're black." That's what's in. It. <laughs> so it's, it's tough for a white guy. Out they
3: said, how many
2: black roles there are." You have to understand. So many, so many white dudes. They they crave to say something racist around a black person, you know, and for some reason. I'm often them. that person and they think it's gonna they think it's gonna fly, you know. Right. And it's like it's like all those comedians that think it's that thought it was hard for white guys five years ago, it's like they're gonna really have a hard time right now after this is over. With. Because because the world has collectively decided that 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 they that we won't tiptoe around white people's feelings. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, and and so, man, some people can't handle that because they're so used to it. They're so used to everyone, uh, making them comfortable or or shrinking so that they are comfortable. And people are like, "That's just over with, bro. Shut the fuck up. No one cares if you got if you got two less sets, you know." So a black Uh person could get set in an end. Because think about think about this is how racist the entertainment industry is. It's like almost to a man. Every even the racist ones, comics will admit that black people are funnier usually, right?
0: Everybody's favorite comic is Dave Chappelle.
2: Like, I don't well, think anybody well, argues that. I've, I've always been a Kevin
1: Hart guy. I've always been a Kevin
2: yeah, Hart guy. but I just mean, but think about the fact that like most most of the comedians that are famous and successful that are or that are given those big breaks are not black. Like you, because because you would think yeah. you would think that you would think that the majority yeah. of comedians would be black. <laughs> but if if black people are usually funnier you yeah. would think that you would that the majority of comics would be black but it just is not the uh-huh. case there's so there's so few of them
0: well, yeah. every every late show at host ever has been white except for like maybe one in the UK maybe at i don't know but like no yeah.
2: yeah. arsenio hall had a show for like i'm that. sorry arsenio hall He's, He yeah, had too didn't um, he it back he uh, tried to bring it back? Well, he he did he brought it back like recently it didn't last though cuz i remember seeing him interview prince before he died but yeah that, but my point is just that that's one. That's one. And like, that's like, that. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, they didn't even consider <laughs> having a black person replace uh, Johnny Carson or anybody else. No. Jimmy not.
3: Fallon.
0: He, even when, even when uh, Jimmy Fallon got promoted, there were some people out there.
2: Yeah. That's why I'm not fooled by, I'm not fooled. By, like, I trust maybe the new networks the netflixes of the world and the, and, mm-hmm. and the, they the seem Kudos to have the their
1: finger on the pulse a little bit a little bit more accurately than
2: Yeah, the, but the, the but networks you got to understand like if you believe all of these hollywood people that because keep in mind the same people that have been racist this whole time are still in charge of everything yeah you know don't give mean? up yeah it's not like yeah. the, all the people that own the studios and shit this the same people so the, I don't trust them that they're being that, that that they're all of a sudden not racist. It's just yeah. it's just <laughs> it's just what's convenient now yeah. to make money. Is they 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 trying to shift times? I mean, listen, when NASCAR bans Confederate flags, the rest of y'all better get in fucking line, bro. And, For real,
3: and, dude.
2: And that's Ben, ben like, and Sherry, fuckers
1: call it like,
2: come on. Yeah, bro, because they're like, because that's basically they, they're the last company that has to. You yeah, I mean? really. They're the last company. They could have just doubled down and been like, you can't get into a race without a Confederate flag and they wouldn't have lost no money. No. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that NASCAR was like, yeah. all right, man, Yeah, well, let's, we're going to piss off about 60% of our Fop fan base and it's we so don't far give far. a fuck. Did yeah. you th- see how so- quickly
1: Drew Brees turned around his statements? It was within oh, a... Yeah. Within oh, yeah, day, but he, he was, you
2: know. Drew Drew Brees, the Drew Brees thing was 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 weird because I don't think he realized that so much of the backlash against what he said was because he was the last, he he was the last white quarterback that you would expect to hear that from. You know what I mean? For real. Yeah.
1: Like, Louisiana, if, New Orleans.
2: Yeah, like, like if if it if it had come from like um you know, if it had come from like uh, who's the dude who, Philip Rivers or somebody, I'd have been like, oh okay,
3: Indianapolis yeah. Colts now,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, but 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 he's in the he's in one of the but blackest. Drew Brees? Like, yeah, like the way the way that black people embrace Drew Brees. He was the last person I expected to feel that way mm-hmm. and feel so strongly that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And completely missed the point, and so yeah. it hurt. Me. It hurt more because I, I have I have friends up here from that's from New Orleans. Y'all, have y'all heard of Punky Johnson? No, no, I have not. oh, she, well, she, she's another famous. Uh, I mean, she's another famous, another paid regular at the comedy store. That's like
3: uh,
2: her, 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 and our our career is sort of in the in the same sort of place, like right in the in the starting gate, you know, ready. Right book. but okay. she's up, check Punky her Johnson. out. She's funny as shit, right? But she's a big time Saints fan. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And, oh, that was the church, oh. And she's from New Orleans, and like immediately I texted her, like, get your boy. And she was like oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because
3: oh, sorry,
1: uh, fucking, um, Jameis Winston is waiting in the wings, dude. <laughs> he's, waiting,
2: he's waiting. Oh no, no. They they love Drew. And and he apologized and, and you know, yeah. I get it, but it's like, bro, that shit's over. Like the 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 fact that anyone was even asking him what he thought is it's crazy Yeah, (laughs) people are done like that 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 time is over with no one even cares what drew reese thinks that he could have answered the question like that like no one gives a fuck what i think it's not my time like that's what dave chappelle said you know what i mean it's like who cares what i think it's it's you know what i think because i've been saying i've been talking about this for a long time you know Mm -hmm. so it's like um you know i i I don't know if his apology is sincere nor do i give a fuck i'm over the nfl right now (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I love i love football but
1: they just turned tail right now they just completely reversed course they're like yo we fuck with uh with you guys kneeling which i mean it was three years too late but it's good to see that there is a- some actual change occurring and that the status quo is actually shifted the message yeah, that's about that's accountability
3: though, not
2: just changing. well this is, this is this is about money this is about money it was it was because yeah. all because think about because when the NFL comes back, because everyone's hurting right now financially, all of the leagues, every entertainment is hurting. And when that shit comes back, if you can't get a sponsor, if you can't, because the NFL makes uh, the the major sports leagues, they make almost all their money, or they make the majority of their money from, TV from deals.
3: From the TV deal,
2: right. So it's like, if you can't get those sponsors, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It was and, all for and, nothing. Yeah, and black people are going to start. And not just black people, but everyone that really believes Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I, I predict that by the end of all of this, it's going to be we're gonna we're gonna take down a few of these companies, like financially. When when you, we combine our dollars and don't and really really don't spend our money, because I'll admit I was guilty of this, like with the Chick Fil A thing, right? And I was like, yeah, 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 fuck Chick Fil A, and then I would sneak some, Chick-fil-A. sneak <laughs> some nuts, <laughs> you know? That shit but it's is like- delicious. Yeah. or it's like, I, or okay, like I oh, boy, the boy boycott, boycott the nfl and then i'm still watching you know watch the highlights you know but it's like if we really really decide to combine our dollars and not spend them with companies that donate to these shitty politicians or donate like think of, think about donating to jeff sessions you know what i mean it, so it really... there
1: was there was some math on this and i believe the number is 3.8 trillion dollars in losses if uh If that were to occur, if really everyone like together and like we're not going to spend a goddamn dollar today, it would be around three point eight trillion dollars worth of losses. Wait for what? Three point eight trillion. If like people decided not to spend a dollar for the
0: world or for America, just just on one
1: U.S. the U.S. just just on one day. In one day, yes, the U.S. three point eight trillion dollars.
2: These people are spending a shitload of money every day,
1: and if that suddenly stops, that's a big number.
0: Yeah, See, that power—that—that's uh, some power. Honestly, that coordinated is, is not fine. That's that's,
1: that's that's big more power. more money than the NFL has, the NBA. You know, any kind of institution that isn't—you know—it's a trillion dollar loss you're taking.
2: Yeah, that'll put you out of business. Yeah,
0: I'm not liquid like that, so I can't handle that trillion dollar loss game. So I'm gonna try and avoid that. <laughs> God damn. It. Yeah, but I, so, I have
2: everything. I, the only thing I would have to spend money on is food. I have everything else I need.
0: I have has there been some? big brands because i don't follow everything but like i heard i mean i basically need to stop eating taco bell which is good because my doctor said the same thing anyways but -hmm. are there any like specific companies or anything like that you've been checking out that you are like oh wait i gotta pull back from this i gotta pull back from this wendy's mcdonald's okay yeah here's the thing i just want to say i did a dirty thing there and this might be fucking white racism right here i didn't say wendy's because i love wendy's and I, i haven't eaten them since but i haven't wanted to close it off man so i said taco bell instead but you're fucking right wendy's
2: yeah, but well, see, I'm, but I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Wendy's because of what happened the other day. I was already off Wendy's because they were they were on this list that came out of people that donated to Trump's re-election campaign.
3: Yep. Yeah, McDonald's That's why. on that, that, list that, too. that yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, McDonald's, yeah. Wendy's, Pizza Hut. What else did they do? Hold on, Wendy's did more than that. than that. Yeah, just well, just the other day. Well, this and this maybe this isn't really on the Wendy's corporation, but just the other yeah. day. Um, that another black man was killed by the police because because someone in Out of uh, Wendy's, because,
3: yes,
2: he was yeah because shot. the Wendy's they, they call, he was sleeping in his car in the parking lot and they called the cops and you know he ended uh, up dead and and a lot of people and they burned that Wendy's down <laughs> they did like, well, yeah coincidentally awesome. it was
1: a uh, there was a video I, I believe it was a white woman that um tried to burn that Wendy's down
2: Oh yeah, yeah, it was. But I believe
4: I again I that, that part doesn't true, even matter as so long as it
2: got burnt down. Yeah, it's sick fire. that it got burnt down. That's like I, awesome. I don't, I don't want stuff like that to happen. But I understand.
1: Yeah, I can understand. Um, and the, the lead like, to something's death,
2: They can get
0: insurance on that building. You know, they it will drive insurance costs up in the in the area. Yeah, exactly, man. Like I'm not pro fires in general, but. The, the fucking stories that are coming out about these kids getting shot, kneeling down with a hammer in their pocket, and then hearing about a fucking cop sees a guy steal a taser from a cop, but they notice it's not on, so they don't shoot him. And it's like, what the fuck? How do you get through the days without just being all anger all the time? How do you, how do you stay from level-headedness?
2: Um, I don't. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, get, I get high when it gets overwhelming. You know,
4: yeah you kinda
2: you kinda have to yeah yeah but uh, but but I but I just you know, and i i i play video games, I try to distract myself, but it's 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 impossible, really, yeah, you know, 'cause that and that's what it is, it's come to a head, like the discussion I had yesterday, um this is like my ninth podcast this week, but uh, <laughs> um this discussion I had yesterday was just about how. Um, this is, it's, this is all interconnected, you know, and, and, and so you, you have to understand something about the, the American political system is designed to move slowly mm. so that, so that we can survive a tyrant or something like that. So like, so no one Congress, no one president can make some drastic change and come and completely the changes threat checks right. and balances. Right. And the and the and the whole the two party system constantly fighting back and forth, making little problems. like it's designed that way on purpose so that nothing can happen quick, right? Yeah. But yeah. the problem with the problem with that is that when America decides to ignore a problem or put a band-aid on it, it takes it. Just a it, 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 right, it becomes more and more urgent, and Congress doesn't know how to do urgent. Because you know, and they are not built can. for it. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're yeah. we're at a point now where the racial and economic and and psychological neglect of black people and poor people is all coming to the surface all at the same time. I mean, the coronavirus exposed our medical system. It exposed our economic Geniusly. system, right? Geniusly. And then at the same time, at the same time, black people collectively decided. This is enough. It's a wrap. Like, this generation, like, I'm not my grandfather. I'll put fucking hands on you. I'll burn <laughs> shit down. You know yeah. what I mean? And and Congress doesn't know what to do. They still haven't done anything. <laughs> Here's
0: what's <laughs> crazy about that. They've passed multiple financial aid acts. They've done, like, these trillion-dollar, $6 trillion dollar, $600, $600 acts. They do them in the course of a week. How, how long has this been going on? They can't they, they, ban tear gas? They can't just ban you. tear gas? They don't follow like,
1: social no. issues. They follow money oh yeah and that's the only thing that's going to send a message that's the only thing that will ever send a message
2: yeah you you gotta understand how disconnected these people are from reality like all these veteran congress people like think about the fact that think about the fact that they they told people to stay home from work that they couldn't leave the house that they couldn't make money boom boom and then these same people sent everybody 1200 bucks Think about how think about how disconnected you have to be from the financial situation of the average American to think twelve hundred dollars would mean a motherfucking thing to anybody. How how much six months rent stress stress cost?
0: cost huh?
2: Well, Jeff, right. it's about I think two or three hundred dollars a month, probably. Okay, Okay, them 'em twelve. <laughs> <You> know, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like think about think about how think about how disconnected you have to be from from the situation of the average citizen to put a to put an eviction moratorium on that 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 when it's over now you can evict people because that's what that's what's about see this this is about to explode because in the next two or three months these land because you already see every time i open my phone it's showing me an article about about uh you know that some bootlicker wrote about how a landlord is having a hard time because of because of a tenant you know what i mean and it's like and it's like it's gonna come to a head where these landlords gonna start trying to force people out or you know the eviction war term is going to be up and it's going to be it's going to be more people in the streets we're
1: walking into an economic recession a mass eviction fucking notice that's going to spread like a flu all over the country these people are not going to be equipped to go back to work because we're not like it's not safe to go out to work yet you know
0: i mean for for some people it is but but i will say the the thing about the rent the rent moratorium or the eviction moratorium without the rent forgiveness—that's just so stupid, man. It's just so ridiculously. Stupid. Well, and, and
2: the thing is, you, you can't have rent forgiveness without mortgage forgiveness. In fact, see yeah. and now now we getting into the now we get into the media system. Yeah. But but the whole to me the whole idea of private property is something that needs to be reexamined. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, because it does it doesn't make any logical sense for it's like. Why is this yours again? Because you bought it. Well, who'd you buy it from? Well, who they buy it from? And if mm-hmm. you keep asking that question, eventually, eventually, the answer is going to be, I stole it. Yeah, yeah. I stole <laughs> it. So right. It's like this. Shit, this should belong. Like, why do you own? Why do you own the water? Doesn't that belong to everybody? Doesn't mm-hmm. the air belong to everybody? It's like, why is that yours specifically? I don't get For it. Real. It's like, and then why should you be able to speculate? housing right cuz like it's it's illegal for you to 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 speculate in the stock market in any other way like for for example like you can't you can't buy a thousand loaves of bread and never take possession of them you know what I'm saying it's a it's illegal yeah. because it, it it keeps people from inflating the price right cuz if you if you could oh, do that yeah. if, you, if you could own shit that you never took possession of then you then we we would already be in a situation where there was one person that owned everything right yeah. so so it's like you, but you can do that with with housing. You can you can buy a house or buy a building that you would never have any intention of living in or having in of possession of, and you can decide how much it costs for somebody to live. You know what I mean? It's explosion like, on, on cost of living. You're oh yeah, the the Los Angeles City Council is mostly landlords. Most of them own prop own rental properties. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And, that, and it's a profit off that, classism they're keeping other people from that wealth bracket yeah. by profiting off of them it's like
2: and the thing is and the thing is what, what a lot of them do is you know a lot of them cry about it but the truth is it's like a lot of them don't even own the property yeah you know they 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 they, they, they take out a loan on the property Finance. so they buy this they buy this building with someone else's money mm-hmm. and then they let their tenants pay off that loan for them Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and then when the, and now the tenants can't afford to pay, and they looking at you like, "Well, you should have had some savings." It's like, well, "Where was your savings, motherfucker?" Yeah,
3: <laughs> yep. you know? yeah, real. <laughs> yep. I don't have sympathy,
2: I don't have sympathy for any landlords. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, you you need to turn around and and be fighting the bank, not fighting your tenants. You
0: yeah. know, and the point to that, I mean, fucking, God damn it, they're making money off of it, but the money that they're investing is essentially luxury money for them. It's going into an investment. And so if the other person was getting that same money to go towards a mortgage for their family, it would be essential money. It would be for cost of living money. And the other person is a luxury money. Oh, yeah. I, the fact that we can have everything, like you were saying, the private property, everything can be responsible to acquire with money as a private property. And it just fucked up that there's people out there with so much luxury money, so much luxury money. And so be, maybe well, see, struggling to be essential. Here, here's,
2: here's why that's all connected right is that you have to understand ra- like racism is is an economic issue it always has been slavery was an economic thing you know it was free labor you mm-hmm. know what i mean and mm-hmm. it got watered down you know and then jim crow was also an economic thing it was because now we need poor whites to do this work for very very little money but we need to give them somebody to feel better than so they don't rise up against us so now jim crow you know what i mean it's like that's what this was all about and then the same thing with segregation redlining redlining was when the the yeah. government decided that black people couldn't live in certain places which is what created the inner city ghettos right mm-hmm. and we weren't allowed yeah. to were not allowed to purchase homes or get a home loan which which stifled generational wealth so like most most of the white people i know most most of my white friends have a, a house in their family that was passed down from from a previous generation,
0: you know some rich know. ass
2: people. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, you, ain't even, you ain't even got. You ain't even got to be rich. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's just like like you might not have got the house, but I guarantee yeah.
0: one of oh, your sons
2: guy or yeah, one of somebody's got, got a house yeah. from your grandfather, or, right? And so it's like it's yeah, like generational I, wealth. I don't know any black people like that. I don't know any black people that have that have had a house passed down to them from yeah. their grandparents or their parents. You know what I mean? And it's because we weren't allowed to purchase them. At least most of us weren't. You know what I mean, and I'm not yeah. saying they don't exist, but it's but the government made a concerted effort to keep black people from purchasing homes to keep and and the same same thing with uh black Wall Street the whole the whole uh problem with with when Trump tried to hold his rally in Tulsa Oklahoma where that was a burgeoning black uh neighborhood where they own all the property and they own all the businesses and it, and it was flourishing and they literally bombed it they bombed it <laughs> you know what I mean so it's yeah. like it, it this it's all it's all political like it's all connected we we aren't going to be able to address the racial thing without addressing the economic thing mm-hmm. which is which is what which is what leads me to my my big point is which is what got Martin Luther King killed? Because a lot of these racists like to bring up Martin Luther King to try to to try to tell black people to calm down. Like he was he was peaceful, and that's all they know about him is that he was peaceful. Mm-hmm. But he was before he died. He 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 wrote he wrote like nine or ten books, and one one of the books I'm reading right now is called uh, "Where Do We Go From Here." And and when he died, when he was murdered, he was he had shifted from civil rights to economic rights, workers' rights. And Which that's what got, that's what got his ass killed. That's what got John F. Kennedy ass killed. You know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. as soon as you start threatening that money or you start threatening to unite poor blacks and poor whites, that puts that puts a fear in the ruling class because it's there's it's too more
1: dangerous a, to have. Yeah. You know, it's way too dangerous.
0: I love yeah. what uh, I saw an interview Martin Luther King did that was so awesome. And he, he had this point about Trying to tell the black community in a modern day to pick yourself up by your bootstraps is telling somebody to pick themselves up by their bootstraps when they have no boots you didn't give them boots to begin with and i freaking love that but his point about violence he wasn't saying that violence isn't an option he was saying violence won't work against guided missiles like you've got to have a better approach you're fighting guided missiles you're fighting tanks like you're not fighting handguns there's a big organization out there and that tells you who the real enemy is it's not the policeman only you Know they're not the ones driving the tanks, there's yeah. people paying for tanks, people buying tanks. Uh-huh. You start telling them what you want them to do with that money, it gets real dangerous. But realistically, what other option is there? It's, it seems like it's just going to get worse. It seems like as that money centralizes, it'll just get worse and it'll be lower and lower levels of classes.
2: Oh, yes. But, but you know what, you can't do is you can't, um, but you know, also what he's spoken is that. You have to expect violence when you leave violence as people's only option. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like think about, think about because because here's what it really boils down to, right? Is, is it's like we we had an immediate trillion dollar response to the COVID-19 thing, right? right. We had an immediate trillion dollar, trillions of dollar response to 9-11, right? Because yeah. cause why? Because we said however many americans die from this that is a that is not an acceptable number right so then you so that begs the question what is the acceptable number of black people that die from the current system what what number is acceptable because if the number if the number is anything but zero then you're racist right Mm -hmm. and the thing is that number was anything but zero up until three weeks ago because it because they they weren't behaving. They're not behaving as though it's urgent, you know. Mm. They're not behaving as though because it's been. It's really. It really has been for a, a four hundred year struggle. And it's like, when do we? When do we finally get to the point where there's actual equality and equal treatment? You know, I believe. I think this will be the. This will be the generation that does it. I hope so, man. Right? I get um, this book or, too. I want to stay positive. It'll be, it'll be destruction. You know what I mean? It's either gonna. It's, we, we either have to fix it or it's going to... Because that's, that's another thing I think a lot of people don't understand is it helps America to help Black people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. we are Americans. It, you know, and so it's... Yeah. It, it, because if we don't... That, that's the thing. If we don't fix the thing, the structural issues that were literally set up by the same government to hinder Black Americans, we, we're slowly going to all like we're already losing this because of the coronavirus we're losing or because of trump's response to it we're losing standing in the world oh big time the the world is not looking to america to go well what is america doing that's what we'll do that's normally what happens whatever well yeah it's almost it's almost a wrap and this and the racial shit is another thing the rest of the world is like we don't want it it shows
0: ignorance. It really shows ignorance in the yes. modern day. Yeah, it shows so much ignorance as a nation. If you look at modern city states like Singapore, which have three evenly split nationalities, like 30-30-30, and they have so little racial strife and warfare compared to areas with way different, way different imbalances. So it's just
2: it's literally the white hierarchy isn't isn't doing really? the right thing, and there's evidence and of it. There's so it's, much. It's also connected to the to the for the for profit prison system, which is yeah which is crazy we're the only we're the only first world country with a for-profit prison system but actually I think we're exporting that now right <laughs> yeah. For real, yeah, for yeah bro you'll go to, you'll go to some country and everything's shitty and they got a brand new prison you know because because think about the fact that here here we have prisons that are they're for-profit and they get paid by the bed. Right. So they, they have an incentive to keep those prisons full. So they lobby to make all this shit illegal. They lobby for harsher prison sentences so they can keep those those beds packed to the brim.
3: Uh-huh.
2: You know what I mean? And it's it's and we know it doesn't work. You you know, you can Not look at we sure. can look at countries like Sweden or somewhere where they have a actual um an actual re- rehabilitation uh focused Prison system and it works. Like they don't treat, because because an American, the average American would look at how a Swedish prisoner is treated and where they, and their living conditions and go, this motherfucker's on vacation. <laughs> you know what Which I mean? Just,
0: that would make criminals want to turn themselves in and they don't understand the benefit of that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, well, it's just that, look, I mean, unless somebody does something that keeps them locked up forever, mm-hmm. all the American system does is make better criminals. Yeah. You know, you throw them all in this pot together, they, they're forced to be in a situation where even if they weren't violent before, they're forced to be you know, violent. Yeah, and it's
0: like I got family that's been institutionalized and it is no joke recidivism is at an all-time high there's so much evidence that everything's going the wrong direction it's just crazy that we can't get people to acknowledge the evidence and i don't want to come out and say it's oh it's just a racist because i feel so many white people shut down a lot of people who vote regularly they shut down when it's only that tax so i'm like how do i identify that you're clearly showing a racial bias that your everyday actions aren't even just like passively racist like you're actually negatively impacting minorities in your community oh, yeah. how do you how, what's this, what's a way to say that how do you bring that up how do you do but, it but without so, making see, them your enemy right away
2: i don't know but are, if, I, if, I, are if, if i knew if i knew if i knew the answer to that like i said I, I would have already sent it out to everybody like i don't know you what to say because here's um, the thing the, the answer is because the, the enemy is not the racist this is what I read about. This is what I was talking about. I made a video on my Instagram about Dr. King's uh, letter from a Birmingham jail, right? And he wrote he wrote this letter while he was locked up in Birmingham af- after a protest, and he was he, the letter was to it was to the the, uh, the the rabbis and the and the priests in the area, you know. And it, but but he was just but he was talking about how. The, the the real enemy isn't the Ku Klux Klan or the White Citizens Council, which was another thing, a thing back then, but it was the white moderate. It was the person that wants to be in the middle, right? The person that the person that wants they want to be comfortable more than they want. Like, cause th- that's what's happening now, right? Is it's like yeah. it's it's like you asked if you gave the average white person a, a choice right now and you said, you said, do you it, do you want to go back to how things were six months ago oh, rather than how they well. are right now? They'd all say yes. Right. They all say yes. And it's because it's it was comfortable then, even though it's, it was still like back then it's still dangerous for me, but it's comfortable for you. And, and you you'd rather that than you than be uncomfortable like we all are right now, which is which is the path to change like we're going to be uncomfortable on this road. It's going to be nice when we get to our destination whenever that is. but you'd rather be comfortable than than go through this whole uncomfortable journey and that that's the sticking point because because a, 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 a lot of white people are obsessed with being not the racist you yeah. know like their number one concern is that they aren't considered the racist. They don't actually care about racism. You know, they, so their, their, their main it's all about the personal impact,
0: no matter what, it's always back to their personal impact right. at all times.
2: So. Right. Every, every conversation, so many conversations I have with white people about racism is mostly just them trying to, because most of the time it's initiated by them. I very rarely start a conversation about race with white people, yeah. but it's initiated by them. and. I always, the conclusion I always come to is that what they wanted the whole time was not to understand racism, but for me to validate their belief that they aren't a racist. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so it's, that's what's so frustrating about it is if you can't get past the part where you're a racist, if you can't just admit that you support a racist system, that that you perpetuate the machine, then you can't understand race like you can't get past it cuz white people think a racist is a bad person you know and since you're not a bad person that you you're not you can't be a racist and if you if you think you can't be a racist and then someone calls you racist or someone says hey that's racist you're going to immediately get defensive
3: mm-hmm. you know you're
2: not gonna, you're not open to being educated because your chief concern is protecting your own ego you know and, and so and I don't I don't know what the breakthrough is i think the 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 only thing I've ever seen work is people having black babies. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I've ever seen. My girlfriend is but I'll do it, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: but I've seen I've seen I've
2: seen a I've seen a, I've seen a baby warm of uh, old racist grandmama's heart. You know, like her grandchild's black, and now she can't be racist. You know what I mean? Or or I've it's seen people. Yeah, at least on them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it's, it's forcing you to care about some because so many so many people so many white people get to live in a world where they are not connected to black shit at all you know and 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 you don't you don't ever have to know anybody black you know and so yeah when yeah, there's a know. black baby in your family all of a sudden you're like well I, well i do care about this this person you know, and it, it, I've seen that, I'm telling you, I've seen that, I've seen that work 100% of the time.
3: <laughs> it just
1: proves that, like, change is possible. Like, it can happen. Like, there's well, no, I, I i can't believe that there's anyone out there that can't be, you know, rationalized with.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm
3: oh, I mean, no, sure I mean, there
2: are, like sure there are people that are irrational with a Yeah, you you're
1: know,
2: right about that, actually. There's like, <laughs> there's like, there's like Klingons amongst us that are like, Yeah. <laughs> no, I you. You, <laughs> you defy my honor for, for no reason. We have to go on this moon and fight.
0: I'll be honest, did not expect a Star Trek reference out of you, but our sound guy who's usually here is going to cry when he hears that. Because uh, that's probably oh. all he would have talked about in here. <laughs> that's funny. Where's the sound guy? Uh, he had to work today. He's uh, he works for the city council doing like their Zoom chats and stuff like that. So usually he'd be doing nice. that for us, but now fucking city needs help because of fucking virus.
3: So
4: <laughs> damn, he's doing his shit. Uh, but man, really enjoy this conversation.
3: Yeah, I,
0: and yeah. I. Also- I've been trying to talk with a lot of people ever since the, the, like, some of their more protests started because I, I felt complacent as shit. I feel like a piece of shit. I really... And like, I, I felt like a piece of shit two years ago because when Black Lives Matter first came out, I was one of those first people to be like, that's racist, all lives matter. And then I had to have that moment where I woke up, I'm like, oh, they're not saying it because they're special. They're saying it because they're fucking murdering them every day.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. that
0: to, The fact that that had to sink in when it's such a simple phrase tells me there is a lot of work for myself and others but I'm super hopeful and you you're really articulate it. and considering knowing that you you do have the outrage and the anger it's nice to to hear you be able to like articulate cuz if i would compare someone fighting for you know an end to oppression or a more equal world for the, everyone we're li- living in it uh, if you were like a fighter in that effort the best fighters they can get angry at their opponent. They can have all that rage in them, but they also got to keep it under control. So they let it out at the right time, and their blows land in the right spots. And and that's what I hope for people who are trying to make a better change is like the, the good pacing, the good effort when you need it. Don't let go of that
2: rage, but don't oh, lose yeah. control. Oh no, baby, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I My rage doesn't affect my behavior. I'm Grand Ammo Thrawn, bro. <laughs> fucking, I fucking ca- I calculate and I make calculated moves when possible you know yeah. but I understand yeah. the people that I understand the people whose rage is, explodes like I'm not judging those people but I'm I try not to, not to do that I
0: had to buy a Tesla so I wouldn't run people over like it's bad so
2: you bought a Tesla? no hell no
0: I got no oh. Tesla <laughs> you're about to like cut this shit motherfucker what were
3: you saying about
2: why do you still live there if you have a Tesla <laughs> <laughs>
0: man monterey wow, is a tour wow. craft people come here for free chowder this place is amazing steinbeck wrote books here oh
2: free, free what free what what was what's monterey known for cheese clam, free clam chowder you ain't been oh the white or the red uh white okay yeah i'm not i ain't never been to monterey it's oh, no, oh, like oh, people you come here to there drink powder? wine huh
0: Oh yeah, uh, we got right south of us, Hella art. Yeah, and it's like
4: Pebble, Pebble Beach and
2: so, and. so
0: wait
4: a minute,
2: are y'all are y'all all from there?
4: Uh, uh no, I'm
0: no except area.
1: You're you're from
2: there.
0: Though. I'm from Washington dude, State. Anthony's in the area. Yeah, he was born in this area, weren't you? Anthony? Yeah, I
1: was born and raised here. This much. Yeah, I, 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 I could tell by the way he
2: was like, "Oh, the chowder, dude!" But... <laughs> <laughs> the the, the chowder is fucking Ch- fire, I'm
1: telling you. Like They like to play around with it because they haven't had it as much. I grew up with that shit. That shit is fire.
2: <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, well, uh, next time, I'm, well, actually, I don't even know, honestly, I don't even <laughs> know what that is what that is on a map. So I'm going to look at <laughs> it. Okay, it's
0: two hours from San Francisco. If you're driving up to San oh, Francisco, shit. we are right on the beach. We are two hours south just before you get in the traffic of the Bay Area if you're yeah. driving.
2: It's oh like, wow, okay. We're like an hour okay. from like San Jose. Oh, I see. Fisherman's Wolf. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty yeah. Cool.
0: like they got in LA label Nice beaches. If you come through this way for like a San Francisco show or something, I'll make sure you get some good hospitality. We'll get you on the, wow. the
2: cut the chatter. What's is, what is San City? That sounds like a bullshit place.
4: Oh dude. Oh, it is a bullshit place. <laughs> <laughs> and meaner, and meaner
0: things. God damn it. <laughs> That's no, San City, they, they literally, it's like, it's not even a city. It's a, it's a zoning thing they did to steal from properties.
2: So oh, it's cool, yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's right right there by the Costco. I see what's going on here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
3: just, it's just beaches on beaches on beaches on beaches,
0: dude. Yeah, it's uh, actually a nice, we got some beautiful drives. The weather is amazing, fun. man. It's oh, 65 wow,
2: dude. years. Yeah, this is like a little secret, like a little secret. Um, Wait a minute. Okay, so wait a minute. What is the downside?
0: Okay, so uh, the downside is far from a lot of stuff. You're very far. We just told you there's no comedy show. There's Golden State Theater. They they book like Brian Regan, Kevin Hart once a year. That's it. So there's there's no big shows. You got to go to the Bay Area, Silicon Valley to do like a lot of stuff, except oh, for what I, Michael's been doing.
2: Why don't you start one? Oh, because you can't get people to come there because it's so out of the way.
4: I mean, I've so, had – Mike's doing it. I was going to say for the past like year and a half, we've been doing one. And I've got like comics from L.A. to come up and comics from San Francisco and stuff. And it's, it's, most of the time, it's better for them if they're also doing something in San Francisco like that weekend. They could come through like on the Friday or something and do the show and then go up to San Francisco. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've had a few people come through. Uh, if you, if right, you're well, ever look, on the way, man, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, dude, I will come through. And I already found a place I want to go to Fishwife. So we'll do that. Okay. Better, 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 there we go. Dude. Once comedy
4: gets going again, yeah, we'll we'll reach out. We'll make it happen. Yeah, let me know. Hell yeah. Yeah, you got go comedy. We got hospitality for you. You can
0: come anytime, man. All right. Beautiful. I'm well, gonna is take, there anything? Uh, yeah. Is there anything uh, like any specific things you want to mention or get out before we like try and wrap this up or anything like that? I want to make sure I wasn't talking over anything you wanted to say.
2: Mm, no, no, not really. You I mean, you no, wanted to uh, uh, any plugs. Uh, follow my goddamn, uh, my Instagram, BS Comedian, my Twitter, BS Comedian. Uh, that's about it. The bio and stuff too on the post. Yeah, that's, that's about it. There's not, nothing special going on. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. check out my boy, uh, my boy Baron Vaughn's shit just dropped. So Baron? I, I don't have, yeah, he just had a, uh, you know, you know, you know Baron Vaughn? He, he was the host of, uh, New Negroes, but he has, a. Uh, he has a thing with Funny and Die called uh, Call and Response. Oh, so okay. it's pretty dope. Let's
4: check, yeah, out. check
0: that out. So Punky – what was the other uh, lady you mentioned? Punky, who you John- uh,
2: Punky Johnson. P- Punky Johnson, yeah.
0: Punky Johnson. Check him out. Check out Brian Simpson for sure. If you ain't seen the Lights Out with David Spade appearance he did, it is so good and so sharp. And God dang, is it timely. Again, listen to it. Watch it. Enjoy. Check him out everywhere. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I yeah, really I can't
4: say enough alright you All right, y'all. Take it All easy. Out. Good to check out the Cowboy Rowdy podcast on Instagram and also the Cowboy Rowdy podcast on Facebook.